Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make a play to stop this draft. That last run, in fact, again, they push the pile for the first. And the pass is picked off. It's picked up by David Harris, who gets away from Brady. What a turn of events. Now being chased off by Crumpler at the 10-yard line. Suddenly, the Jets' defense responds when it looks like the Patriots were ready to drive it right down the field. Third and seven. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Tinley. All the names of that stuff. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 179. I'm your host, Biff Sweeney. Joined here by my good friend, Alice, Rich Tinley. How is it going, Rich? Yeah, all good, Ian. Uh... Super Bowl coming up in the next couple of weeks. Chiefs v uh, Eagles. Uh, yeah, it should be an interesting matchup. Two interesting games for them to get there. And yeah, we have our new uh, offensive coordinator from the Jets' perspective. We've got a, I suppose, from my perspective as well. I've seen uh, Quinn and Williams kind of throwing the offense under the bus a little bit during the week too, which I'm sure is something else we'll discuss. But yeah, still yeah. plenty of football talk at this time of the year. Yeah, exactly. Um... Right. Last weekend, you went to Dublin with your daughter to to some NFL gig in Grafton Street. Do you want to fill us in about it and the fans? Yeah, it was a, basically it was a report, recording of an Irish NFL podcast. Um, guys have started it up again. Um, just there was a lot of NFL fans from different teams there. They were just discussing the AFC and NFC Championship games. Uh, there wasn't too many fans of either team there, a couple of Eagle fans and a few 49ers, but that was kind of it. Um, there was a lot of Bills and Giants fans. I was obviously repping the Jets there with my daughter. Uh, and yeah, we'd go to night. Uh, we were asking a few questions, quite a lot of questions about quarterbacks. So they kind of asked uh, me about my thoughts on the Jets, uh, sort of the state of the quarterback play at the Jets. But yeah, I was kind of just letting them kind of know I'd rather have a, a cheaper guy than the, the expensive ones that we have been linked with like Aaron Rodgers the likes of that car as well although again even with Carr I read that he's uh, now going to the Pro Bowl so the Raiders if he gets injured will be on the hook for his money next year so they were looking at thinking of it, that they might see a bit of movement with regards to him being cut before the 5th of February so yeah, we'll. Uh, that's probably something else we'll discuss in the show moving forward. But yeah, overall, it was a very good night. Now uh, I got to get my Bentley shade that jersey out for a, for an outing as well. So 
that was all so good. And we got a few photos with a few replica things like the Vince Lombardi trophy and things like that. So that was a bit of a highlight too. But yeah, it was a really, really good night. Yeah, going on to the, the Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator hire, I like it. What's your thoughts, Rich? Yeah, get like look, the success of the O line uh, the success of the offense would be on the O line more than I feel the offensive coordinator. I think we build a better O line or the O line that we have starts playing better and performing better and starts moving up the rankings. Th- then I think we'll see a decent offense. You know, like I feel if our O line play is better this year, or even with the four quarterbacks we did play, we're in the playoffs. You know, that that to me was the, like a, yeah, everybody would point to the quarterback and. You know, I'm not saying it's a strength for sure, but everybody was kind of ignoring the re- real weakness. Like when Brees Hall went down, we couldn't run the football at all. That, you know, um, Carter looked like a decent running back previously and couldn't move the ball at all. He got um, <clears throat> Knight come in and done a little bit here and there in the odd game. And, you know, maybe there was a bit more, I suppose, holes opening up in the fourth quarter, like later on in games that the Jets were taking a little bit of an advantage of as well. But, yeah, like, I just think, you know, O-line is something that's been needed to be fixed for quite a while now. Yeah. And we've thrown a lot of free agent money at old guys that come in. We've traded for guards from the Raiders before, thinking that... This was going to be a great fix. And, you know, we've brought in guys, like probably some of the more successful guys on the O-line have actually been guys that we've brought in uh, who've been cut by other teams. Like late round picks, we've managed to find a few half-decent guys. But, yeah, overall, it's a, it's an area that the team that has been, like, definitely bottom five, bottom ten for the guts of eight to ten years. So, that seriously needs to change moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Well, for me, the injuries didn't help. But throughout the season, the likes of run game was up there with the best. And then it started to decline, decline, decline. Brace went out injured with the knee. Then Carter started getting banged up. And then they had Bam come in. He looked decent first couple of games. Like that, the hole started to dry up for him. The quarterbacks all started to get really banged up because the offensive line, between being banged up and that, and bad offensive line play, the Jets' season just went downhill. And an awful lot, like you said, it all got to do with the offensive line. So for me, like you have to hope Becton comes back and Becton can actually play a full season for the Jets. AVT's going to come back. Tomlinson's going to be there um, left guard. Question mark, what are the Jets going to do at centre? For me, if Schmidt is there in the second second round, I'm taking him. I don't care what linebacker's there, what safety's there, what quarterback's there, what wide receiver's there. He's the guy I'd take in round two. Um... Like for me, you need to, you need to go heavy this year when it comes to the offensive line. And Salah said it in his pressers recently. They're going to revamp the offensive line. So, well, and the other thing is like our our center from the last few years. 
you look at him and he's one unhappy looking dude and <laughs> he just does, doesn't look like he wants to be there and that's that's what I got off in the last few years like you look at Nick Mangold Nick Mangold he looked like he loved being there looked like he loved playing football he just looks like a, a grumpy outside um, so for me I, I'd rather move on and draft a young top centre than bring him back for 10 or 11 million potentially if there was like one of the top like our D top right guard in the second round with the centre gone would you look at drafting a right guard and moving ABT to right tackle next year it depends on who's available in the second round, Rich. Rich, I, I'd, I'd rather go... from Florida, I should say. Um, if he was still available, I can't think oh. of his name now off the top of my head, but the, the guy from Florida... Oh, um, Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be gone round one, from what I'm hearing. Um, yeah. Like, for me... I kind of feel, but it's, with the guy it's from a, Minnesota as well, that's centre. Yeah. For me, it's... Round one has to be offensive tackle. Um, round two, if Schmidt's there, I'd, I'd run to the podium for him. If not, the guy from Arkansas could be my next bet. But um, I'll get into talking about the, the senior ball in a minute because there's guys I'm looking at and that and they're standing out by a mile, how good they're, they're looking so far. But like that, I'm coming up to see you and your family this weekend and hopefully we'll get to... Look at a bit of the senior ball together. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's on Saturday evening. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 another one I was talking about this week as well is um, is the quarterback from uh, Tennessee Hooker. Is that his name? Hooker. Or Herndon or something like that. Um, Hooker. Like talks about him, like if he was falling in round two to round three, would would you look at like quarterback, wide receiver uh, in oh. the first three rounds? Like you have, as you said, like tackle and the center as your two kind of earmarked ones. But like with with obviously the needs we have that kind of wide receiver, if we cut, yeah, Rich, Rich, I'm not a fan of the guy from Tennessee, Hooker. I think he's he's a good runner with the ball, but after that, he's just mediocre. He's in his mid twenties, and like that, he's he's been in and out of the Tennessee team, like he's been beaten out before. But like that, for me, the guy I want is Hainer, and that'd be round three or round four, or else uh, the guy that's impressed me from what I'm seeing so far in the senior ball is Jaron Hall. BYU, I know it's yeah, BYU, Zach Wilson, but BYU, um, Jaron Hall, he looks decent. But like Rich, yeah, like, uh, like for me, if the Jets go on to bring in a vet, I don't know who, but let's say vet X, right? They bring, they have their quarterback uh, Zach Wilson there they've um, 
they're in round three or round four and they see a guy that they like, even round five, they bring in Hainer, I'd be happy with that. Like because you've got the the rookie behind the vet in competition with Zach Wilson. And if the rookie or, or the vet goes down or anything like that, you've got a rookie there that if he beats out Zach Wilson, that's the, like that shows you Zach Wilson's a bust and this guy like Mike White, like you've got Jets players still coming out saying they want Mike White back. So for me, yeah, it'd be Hainer now or Hall in the mid rounds. And I, I'd, I'd rather know if the Jets come out of this draft with a rookie quarterback because, no offense, I don't trust Zach Wilson. How high would you use a draft pick on one, but? Uh, like if, uh, if somebody like fell unexpectedly to us at 13, would you pull the trigger? Like if the guy from Kentucky falls to us uh, in the first round or something crazy like that happens, would you? No. No, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather draft offensive line because from what I've seen this year in like this draft now, what I've seen this year in college, it's not a very good draft. There's a lot of holes in this draft, but the strength for me in this draft is offensive line. That's what I'll attack in this um, draft if I was the GM, is offensive line big time. But there's going to be an awful lot of teams. And as and read out this, um, it's a message that was sent me, sent to me this evening, and it's mind-boggling. Right, NFC South quarterback situation. Right, Falcons. You've Ritter, Mariota. Right, you've the Bucks. Tom Brady just retired today. Uh, you've Kyle Trask, Panthers. You've Matt Carroll. You've Jacob Eason. The Saints. You've James Winston and Jake Luton. Whoever the fuck he is. That's like there is a lot of there is a lot of teams this year needing quarterbacks badly so pick 13 Jets are sitting there okay I think it's a sweet spot for the Jets when it comes to wide receiver because you've got teams there I think might want to come up for a wide receiver because there's only there's only a couple that I think could be first rounders like I'm looking at New York Giants. New York Giants bring back uh, their quarterback. They're going like they've no they've no weapons for. Them. So they're a team that could jump. Who else have you got? Uh, Jacksonville. They might want to still build around their quarterback. You've got Detroit Lions might want to come up to keep building around uh, Jared. Jared Goff. And then, like, if there's a quarterback there, you've got you've got the likes of Washington. You've got Seattle. You've got the question mark over um, Baltimore Ravens. And then you've got the Saints. Saints are back in round one because they're after... 
sending their head coach to Denver. So I honestly think if the Jets can trade back from there, let's say with the Giants. The first round pick away already. What? The, the what? Team not give away the first round pick already this year to Seattle for the trade to Wilson. They, but they received they received they received a pick from Denver for uh Chomp you know, I get that. I just I wasn't sure what the deal was for Peyton, but I assumed it wasn't this year's force because they had already traded that for Russell Wilson. That was what I would well, have assumed. It must be next year's then, but uh, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, let's say Jets trade back to pick 25. There is a guy there that's standing out to me big time, and he's looking like an absolute beast in the senior ball so far. Uh, you've got offensive tackle, uh, Dowen Jones, six eight Ohio State, right tackle. Then you got Blake Blake Breland from BYU, six eight as well. Two of them are standing up big time. And then go grab Schmidt in round two. That that's what I'd love. I agree with you, Ian, on the, the, the wide receivers. Uh, I, I think there's probably, for me, I've got about three, maybe four, uh, who look like they could come in and kind of, you know, yeah, perform from day one to a pretty high standard. So, yeah, at 13, you, you could potentially get the best one uh, there. Uh, yeah. Will one of the four be there in the second round? I, I would highly doubt it, but like, yeah, we've seen that. They have the potential to move up and, uh, you know, make a trade for a guy that they want. Uh, I do kind of feel we we will be in the market for a wide receiver. I, I think these kind of days where we're looking at drafting guys in round three and four, like uh, we, the way we did a couple of years ago and try to find somebody. I think we kind of need <clears throat> to find an immediate day one type of guy if we're, if we're going to replace Corey Davis and, you know, give another weapon to whoever is playing quarterback. Yeah, for me, um, at 13, I'd be kind of fine with staying there, um, not moving up either, for sure. But, um, yeah, if we move down to maybe the 18 to 20 range, I probably wouldn't mind that too much. Uh, I think you, you have like the likes of the Georgia tackle that could be still available around that time as well, who I wouldn't mind uh, having on the, the roster next year. But yeah, for me, if it, if it, one of the quarterbacks, like we kind of expect that there to be maybe four quarterbacks go in the top ten, but you know we expected like a, a lot of things. We expected Josh Allen to go higher. We you know Rosen fell quite a bit, and you know so you just kind of don't know on the day what happens, and just with us being so QB needy and like quite a few of the teams and the like. Aaron Rodgers, like, like as much as we might be looking at uh, signing Rodgers and talk about it and stuff like that, it's unlikely to happen before June because if it's, exactly. it happens before that, the the Packers are on the hook for a lot of uh, dead money this year. Like that, they own more than what they would after trading them the first of June. So that's kind of unlikely to happen before the draft. Uh, Car, yeah, that could be more of a free agent thing. Uh, 
But like, yeah, if there is anybody else that we're like looking at in terms of quarterback, where we may have to give up picks, that's kind of another thing. Like, uh, are we like better off like then just not getting a cheap a free agent quarterback and keeping our picks uh, to ensure that we, you know, get a good tackle or wide receiver or centre instead of potentially giving them away for a guy who, for my money, is not going to really work. You know, uh, if he's been traded or given up picks for a quarterback, he's probably coming with a fairly hefty cap hit. So, yeah, I don't see, like, you know, you look at the guys in the top 10 this year, there's a lot of teams with picks that were from other teams uh, that they traded for better players and were supposed to get better, but... You know, I think three of those teams are after getting top 10 picks, just kind of like ourselves with uh, Jamal Adams' trade. We weren't expecting Seattle to be giving us picks that high. But, yeah, teams that kind of trade and expect one thing to happen, usually it's the reverse lately. So, yeah, I kind of hope that we don't use any of this year's picks and trading for a quarterback and... Yeah, we saw out the O-line once and for all. And as I said, even bringing in a wide receiver, I wouldn't be opposed to that either because the results there with Garrett Wilson last year is there for all to see. And it's going to be more difficult for him next year. You know, like the kind of the cat's out of the bag with Wilson. There's going to be a lot more cornerbacks looking at him this year and have tape on him and what he does and things like that and how he gets separation. And they'll be like studying him a lot more. It's going to be more difficult next year. Don't get me wrong, I think he's the type of player to study himself and, and come back even better too. But, you know, yeah, I think it would be a lot easier for him if you had another guy, another unknown guy there that could come in and play to a high standard from day one and, yeah, take a bit of the heat off him. Yeah. Well, for me, if they don't trade back round one, it's offensive tackle. Like, Joe, like the guy from... um. Georgia, he'd be the guy I'd be looking at. And round two, center. If, if our guy Schmidt isn't there, I'd go center in round three, maybe. And I'd either go D line or safety in round two. That's the way I'd look at. Yeah, I think, uh, as I said, fixing the O-line, adding a weapon, and yeah. if you could potentially find your quarterback of the future, or your, you know, if, if something happens in round one where, you know, like if, if Patrick Mahomes falls to you at 13, mm. you know, I, I, I'd be still okay with, like, I know this probably sounds strange, but, like, a quarterback at 13 gives you a new five-year window. Like, that's a very attractive thing where you've got five years of that quarterback and a very cheap figure. Now, you're kind of maybe potentially as well been at the enviable position of saying, Do you know what, we can sit this guy for you. Yeah. You could already have a free agent quarterback brought in the likes of Mayfield or Teddy Bridgewater or Brissa or somebody like that and not have to rush the rookie in. Like, to me, that would be an ideal scenario if you could draft a centre or a tackle in round two. And you just had an in general better role line play. I think we're in the playoffs next year, even with a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater or Brissa or or even Mayfield. Like I, I genuinely do. I think the whole <clears throat> a lot of the pieces are there, and I, I think 
finding somebody who's more or less a game manager that can do a little bit with his feet at the quarterback position will net us more wins next year than what than what we got this year. So I think next year we should be looking at adding another two to three wins to what we did this year, which just improves our line play. I think uh, keep the money for improving the O-line and building the defence still, like the safety position, the linebackers. And yeah, that's that's the way I would look at it. Just if something did happen where they did fall at 13, sometimes, you, as I said, you just can't look a gift horse in the mouth. And yeah, like I wouldn't be throwing the, the toys out of the pram if we did draft one at 13. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Just going to drop some names that uh, have stood out to me so far in the Senior Bowl and names I'm going to be looking out for myself this week. Like I mentioned, John Michael Smith there, Minnesota offensive. This the center, he's the top center of six four. Looks like an absolute beast, and he can move. Um, mentioned Blake uh, Freeland, BYU offensive tackle six eight. He looks decent enough. Uh, Dewan Jones looks a big bruiser at right tackle from Ohio State, and then you've got defensive line guy uh, Isaiah Foskey, Notre Dame six five. He's been blown up as well, and then you've defensive tackle Bowling Green, Car Brooks six four. He seems to be blown up every offensive lineman he's in front of. You've got Gerald Hall. BYU quarterback, Jake Hayner, Fresno quarterback, they're the two quarterbacks I'm keeping my eye on. And then I'm going to be trying to keep my eye on linebacker Henry Tuatua from the Alabama. And then you've got safety J.L. Skinner from Boise State. Big, big, bruising, um, strong safety. They're the guys I'm looking out for. I was hoping to see um, Alabama free safety battle there, but he's not there. Rich, sorry, you just last year we we kind of our coaches had kind of control of the the senior bowl, and we drafted quite a few guys from uh, from the senior bowl last year. Yeah. So, do you think that um, you know the same thing could happen this year that? You know, those guys that are viewed as like good team leaders, like good work ethic, all that type of stuff, uh, will be probably viewed as more important. And secondly, as well, um, I'm just wondering your thoughts because you did bring up something about the D linemen as well who've been impressing, and there's a few nice D linemen in the draft this year. Do you think we might look at a uh, draft in uh, D line with how would you say like a potential, um, hover, shall we say, for Quinn and Williams <clears throat> if he rejects a new deal? Not sure, um, to be honest, but I can see them drafting a, a defensive tackle or two this year to go with uh, Richardson. But like that, our GM has always said he wants to build the trenches and is big into building the trenches well known for it and then you've got Salah that wants to implement a rotational defensive line with edge players 
and keep guys fresh. You look at the Eagles, you look at the 49ers, that's the way they've been playing. That's what he's looking to try and implement. And that's why I can see in this draft, Joe, Joe or GM looking to the trenches big time. Like offensive tackle, offensive centre, um, defensive tackle, he could go there twice. I think uh, when you look at it, like, uh, Joe's also kind of a, a guy who's not going to pass up on talent. And if the most talented guy there is a defensive tackle, I think he'll gladly clap his hands and walk to the podium and announce it. So, yeah, um, I think you're right. The trenches are kind of where success is found like and has been done for years and years. So... Yeah, I think he was the opportunity to improve uh, either side of the trenches he's going to do it this year in the draft. And, you know, potentially free agency too, although those interior guys, any of the good ones, would cost a hell of a lot of money, which we, yeah. we don't really have. Yeah, exactly, unless they make a lot of cuts. Um, well, even that, yeah. the cuts are going to have to be replaced. And, you, you know, exactly. I get you can say, look, maybe look at Corey Davis as a like, 10.5 million cut, but like, if you're looking to replace him in free agency, you're probably like a like this. Barrios is six million of a cap. You know what I mean? So you're getting somebody quality of Barrios for six. Well, to be honest, so yeah, it's not going to be all easy. Bother, I, I think. I don't think it'd bother me cutting Barrios because he, since he got the the con well, the contract, he's been playing very under under par, and cutting him would give more more snaps. And you'd be able to move them around more, if you get me. You, you, you look her as well, like Berrios, and, and I'll give you another example, Robbie Anderson. They all look very, very good on bad teams here. And then when they play with a, sort of a bit more of improved talent, they kind of level off. And yeah, like I, I don't think, you know, that there's more to come from Berrios, shall we say. So cutting them it, it would be, yeah, for me, okay. Again, his kick return ability and punt return ability, I don't think it's worth that six million. I think he's just above average, uh, if anything. But yeah, I think when it comes to kind of um, just rather, in general, I suppose. I'd rather, Rich, I'd rather cook Barrios and give his contract to Huff, bring him back. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, like. Same. I think Huff is more deserving of a role on the roster than Barrios is, I think. And Huff, in fairness, has probably more of an important role on the roster than what Barrios is yeah. doing, other than having the secure hands to not fumble a punt or, a, you know what I mean? Exactly. And his trajectory is going up since he was undrafted with the Jets. Yeah, and, and like... And that's the kind of the strength of the team is the D-line at the moment as well. And, you you know trying to keep as much of that intact as possible is probably a good thing. But then you have to remember, the Jets might be looking at it and say, well, that's uh, Lawson has one full season after his injury under his belt. We expect more from him next year. They could be looking at uh, Jermaine Johnson, um, you know, after his rookie season to improve their rushing the pass ups too. So you don't know kind of what the line of thinking is, but, I'm nearly sure they had like 13 D linemen on the roster this year. Yeah, so you can tell that D line is an important 
area. So yeah, I can see them ca- carrying Kawhi a lot of guys. It's just in terms of them being cost effective. Yeah, exactly. Like who's staying, who's going. Like that. There's that's yeah. a big question now going into this off season, and then the quarterbacks a big question, and then what they're going to do. Like as I said, Salah said he's going to revamp this offensive line. I mean, he's no choice. He has to. Yeah, that's the you know that's the thing that's kind of has been holding the franchise back for so long. Like you, you yeah. know, like Chicago had a top ten O line this year; they were ranked tenth, and the quarterback looked really good. Now they only won three games, uh, but you know, like even the talk in Chicago this year has changed because of how the offense was playing. Like it was something that really hasn't been the case in there for quite a few years. Now they've got, I think, about $100 million in cap space. They've got the first pick of the draft. You know, things that obviously yeah. are a bit more enthusiastic there. But, yeah, yeah, like, you look at, I suppose, the quarterback in Chicago year one, you know, was, was Zach Wilson. And this year, he kind of elevated his play largely because he had a, a top 10 O-line protecting him and blocking from. So, yeah, I think... If we can get our O-line rankings a bit higher and, you know, can give a quarterback an extra second, half a second, whatever it may be, to throw the ball or a, a, an extra six inches of a hole for a running back to fit through, then, you know, we're in a far, far better place next year. Exactly. And the other thing that I'm looking to see in this draft is the Jets to bring in uh, later on a fullback that's actually going to play like they actually brought in a fullback yeah. in free agency last year, didn't play. He was out on yeah, IR. Like fullback for me is important for run game and like showing another team when you're lining up what you're actually going to do to them. You know, we're not we're not trying to hide this. We're going to run this ball at you, and our fullback's going to smack one of your linebackers. You know, that's kind of like what you're saying with that type of model of football, and it's yeah, it's brute force kind of football, but. That's the most successful kind. <laughs> exactly. You look at the likes of the 49ers. They've got the best fullback in the business. But like that, they use the fullback. Um, like most of the big teams that run the ball use a fullback. And the Jets, when they actually played good football under Rex Ryan, used the fullback, Richardson. The Jets were brilliant running the ball. Yeah, fantastic, yeah. Right. I think that brings us to the end of the show. We're going to talk about the senior ball, the Daniel Hackett, our views on the draft and our views on the offensive line. So, uh, it's long for me. And it's long for me. Sports Social Podcast Network.